Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. You'll notice that this is a bonus episode. For the next couple weeks, we're going to be featuring Crystal Heart, which is a setting made for Savage Worlds made by our friends over at Up to Four Players. In Crystal Heart, players take on the role of globe-trotting superheroes who have replaced their heart with a magic crystal, giving them supernatural powers while also changing their personalities. Crystal Heart is inspired by cartoons and anime, mixing a vibrant, joyful world with just the right amount of darkness. Crystal Heart is currently up on Kickstarter and only has a few days left. I figured since it will help our friends, and we're in the middle of our Patreon drive season, I'd drop a bonus episode to help everyone out. Next week, we'll have a new episode of our Crystal Heart series coming out at the regular time, but for now, please enjoy this bonus episode. We had to do this recording remote, so our usual introductions got cut out of the final recording. However, I want to let you know that I am playing with Aviv Orr, who you might recognize from the webcomic Up to Four Players. Aviv is also one of the co-creators of Crystal Heart, along with another one of our players this week, Iran Avarium. Iran also works with Aviv on up to four players, providing the words for the comic. I was also honored to be able to play with one of my favorite game designers, Grant Howitt, who you'll recognize from Spire, and so many wonderful micro-games like Honey Heist. Not to mention his podcast, Hardy Dice Friends. Finally, I also got to record with Will Kirkby, who you'll recognize through his work on Art for the Dungeon Dome and his upcoming fantasy comic Grenade, which was funded a while ago on Kickstarter. If you like what you hear here, you can head over to Kickstarter or check out our show notes to back Crystal Heart and get this campaign setting for your own. And while you're out there supporting things, consider heading over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up to be a patron. That helps us fund everything here at the network, including bonus episodes. With all that out of the way, let's get to the show. In uh, Savage Worlds, we get bennies. Bennies allow you to reroll. They are really important. And in a way, they also soak damage. They also give you the ability to use special powers in Crystal Heart. I always forget to give bennies. <laughs> It is something that the GM is supposed to do, but I don't remember to do so. You are supposed to do it when a player plays the hindrances in a fun way. But I think that's something that we should all aim to do anyway because it's fun. Instead, we have a system that goes like this. Whenever Aviv says everyone gets a Benny, everyone gets a Benny. <laughs> I might abuse it this time. <laughs> this is a good system. Scientific. And you're sort of going to be folding Aviv up into the pages. So that she could just come and do that for every game, right? Uh, it works for my table. Uh, <laughs> the game is being written with the usual Savage Worlds uh, rules in mind, but we use our own house rules because, uh, you know, it's GM and their own. <laughs> yeah, one of the stretch goals is probably going to be just me coming to people's houses and, and recommending when they should give GM uh, bennies. Handing bennies. Yes. I love it. That being said, we all know who our characters are. Let us begin with a short introduction. The agents of sin scour our world in search of crystals, powerful relics of a bygone age, which grant you superpowers should you dare to replace your own hearts with those cold, crystalline crystals. But not today. Today, they cook. <laughs> On the island of Manahua, there is a yearly gumbo cooking competition, the winner of which gains exclusive access to an ancient forbidden city. This time, Sin has sent you as its representatives. The orders are simple. Get the ingredients, cook the gumbo, win the competition. 
That first part, though, might prove problematic, saying as most ingredients will try to eat you. If Crystal Hearts is an ongoing anime-like series, this is the filler episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how usually Crystal Heart games go, but it's... We just wait for the manga to catch up. Yeah. Oh, exactly. (laughs) We're waiting for the manga. Um, it's, It's a fun little episode that has very little to do with anything else. Uh, it's a con game, convention game that we've ran several times. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, let's see what happens. So every year, the inhabitants of Manawana Island host the Gambo competition, led by Fetualdo the Gambo Master. The winner, as we said, gain access to the Forbidden City deep within the island, the only place in the world where the sacred Natu Natu Nut grows. It's considered a rare delicacy, used in various recipes throughout the five lands. This year, Sin is sending you to participate. Now, Sin doesn't actually care about the nuts, but they've had their eyes on the Forbidden City for quite some time because it sounds like a great place to look for a crystal. Recently, they managed to recruit a world-class chef, which would be one of you guys. And so, they finally feel like they have a chance of winning the competition. Let's see which of you guys is the chef. Let's roll a d4 and go with that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. Three. Aviv. Oh. You're a world-class chef. Oh, Please exciting. add cooking D12 to your character sheet. Whew. Done. Well, since Aviv is our chef, I believe Aviv's character should be the first shot in this anime rolling up to this town. So, Aviv, can we get a character description for you? Absolutely. How are we getting to that? Uh, it's an island, right? It's an island resort. Imagine the most tropical blue ocean thing that you can imagine, this shore. And uh, it's an, there's a large hotel and these huts and everything. And you can see a large opening, this sort of, uh, not backyard, but a wide semicircle surrounding a low stone dais where Fetuado, the Gamba Master, stands and where we can see the group of sin agents approaching to participate. It's mid-afternoon-ish. There are many dozens of people around cheering. It's a big competition. What do you look like? So, Nolani, um, you wouldn't expect her to stand out because she's tiny compared to the other sin agent. Uh, she's like at least two heads shorter than everyone else. But she almost sparkles with pink she is uh as she walks she's kind of jumpy almost dancy you can almost see you're not sure if it's your imagination or if there actually are tiny pink bubbles popping in the air around her um she she has a a tan skin dark brown reddish hair uh with a giant pink flower that is always fresh and nice and as if she's just picked it up this morning. Um, she's, she has a giant smile, bright, big eyes, just looking everywhere, excited to be here. Her pink skirt is flapping all around and she's probably leading the group forward, um, eating something. You're not sure where she got it, but she's definitely eating something all the time. Right behind her, then, we probably see the largest, biggest, tallest person in here, the most intimidating Sin agent. And Sin, being a powerful, world-reaching organization, is intimidating indeed. Everyone probably takes a step back from Kovac. Yeah, I'm probably stepping out. 
have my big hold-all bag. I basically look like a murderous lumberjack. You know, I've got that big arm hair spilling out from, you know, sleeves that are permanently pushed up like I'm in business. Um, almost troll-like appearance of just like big brow, heavyset, bushy eyebrows. They look like they're hiding something. And mm. I'm probably looking down at the lady in front of me and just wistfully wishing that I was the chef, you know, pushing that little apron that says, kiss the chef back into my big permanent muttering throwing a pair of barbecue tongs into yeah. the garbage <laughs> a small islander girl approaches you from the crowd um, holding a small delicate little bowl in her hand and pushes it like toward you excuse me wish to can you sign my Here, I just sort of lumber a huge piece of salt, very, very insanely salty jerky into her bowl. Won't spend it all in one place. <laughs> it's probably like two kilos. She falls into the ground. <laughs> the bowl breaks. Her mother screams. Any protein and salt in that? Um, who's behind Kovac? I think that is going to be Chell. Like, there's this big lumbering person, you know, who, who just took a huge wad of jerky and, and, and placed it uh, roughly into this girl's bowl. That's drawn a little bit of a crowd as they're sort of gathering around this figure who, whose, you know, size is so imposing and, and uh, their look is so different uh, from what the rest of the people in this area look like. And then we see two hands come over his shoulders as a much shorter woman pokes up her head from behind his head and peers around at the crowd excitedly, getting a better look. Uh, We can see that her hair is drawn up into tightly tied braids, uh, which are tied up with a kind of elaborate looking circular gold hair tie. Her clothing is mostly drapey robes of blue and green. Her fingernails are are done up in green. And she has an incredibly inquisitive and excited look on her face as she's looking around at this unfamiliar place around her taking in the sights of uh, the people and and nature and, and the buildings there. Um, you can tell, like, I, I think there's some sort of uh, flying insect or animal uh, moving by. It immediately catches her attention. Her eyes go wide as uh, she follows it and takes note of its flight pattern. I think she grabs a notepad out of uh, one of the... Uh, pockets on this huge backpack that she has on that is sort of like Chinese uh, medi- like ancient medicine uh, carrying case style where it was mm. essentially a cabinet that you would have on your back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, she's got this cabinet hanging off of her back and of course all up on poor Kovac's shoulders. Uh, she leans over and across his head and her elbow somewhat bumps into his cheek as she attempts to sketch out the creature uh, uh, that she's drawing. Um, she chatters excitedly down to Kovac. Do you see this? Look at the flight patterns. Look at the colors on those wings. This place is amazing. Not really enough meat on it, in my opinion. <laughs> his, his hair is getting a little bit ruffled as she's finishing up things. Can't have a proper meal with that one. <laughs> I told you guys the islands are going to be amazing. You're going to love it here. At the back of the group, 
is <laughs> a is quite quite a tall man uh, wearing quite tall and slender. He's wearing a coat, two scarves, and it seems like he's carrying everything he owns. He everything he owns. He's so uncomfortable here. It's so hot. <laughs> he bought far too many clothes, and this really isn't works very loud. There's a lot of people throwing things around. Um, his name is Beaufort. And um, he maybe just wants to have a sit down. Yeah, just to give you some background, Buford comes from Fjordstad. It's this northern snow-covered land where 11 city-states war with each other using all sorts of med scientist stuff. And, and Buford was kicked out of those cities. <laughs> He's this loner out of nowhere. And this tropical island filled with people that enjoy, and there's probably like music in the background. Someone is doing something. Someone playing a steel drum, which is the first time, it's the first time I've ever heard a steel drum, and I'm not a fan. (laughs) 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 Well, guys, you don't not only have personalities, you also have crystals. Each of you was implanted with a harness that allows you to place a crystal in it. You currently have a specific crystal inside. Theoretically speaking, you can change them. Probably not going to happen in this adventure, but eh, I didn't, never know. And the crystal gives you powers, special powers based on its thing, and also a specific personality traits, something called the disposition. It changes the way you think. Now, it's up to you to decide how much it changes how you think, how much it becomes part of you. Do remember, however, it's not actually a part of you. When you implanted this crystal, you then gained new thoughts, new thought patterns, something that might not have been, well, quite probably wasn't part of how you saw the world, your point of view. <laughs> it's your decision to do whatever you want with it. How about you give us a short explanation of what your crystals are? Let's start with Aviv. All right, Nolani's crystal is bubble. Its theme is basically to create translucent pink bubbles on the palm of my hand um, or around all of me, like in armor. Um, the disposition is impulsive and whimsy, like the hindrance curious from Savage Worlds. And, uh, I sure as heck intend to, uh, to embody that. To play the hell out of it. Yes. Yeah, sure. I make bubbles. <laughs> Kovac. Yeah. Um, my, uh, part is Wolfspoon, which, uh, pretty much sounds like it's, uh, it is. It's, uh, makes me very werewolf-like, bloodthirsty. Ooh. Guessing kind of a little bit aggressive. I mean, I'm from Bogovia, which is every little small town at the base of Dracula's castle. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Bogovia is the land of uh, unhappy yes, endings. And rain. Terminal and, and rain. Oppressive rain. <laughs> um, but yeah, from that kind of very damp, oppressive kind of place comes, yeah, this red jagged crystal that um, grows even more hair, if that's possible with Kovac, and <laughs> yeah, I end up with a terrifying more of bigger teeth and uh, well, a need to crack my knuckles and ring chicken necks. <laughs> <laughs> sure, James. I think for Chell, because her crystal is this green, it almost looks like a coral formation. Uh, 
it's this very jagged green crystal. As she like gets off of her friend's shoulders and steps down, I think uh, the crowd is near her more and they can sort of feel the effect of this crystal. Around Chell, I think it feels like the air is just a touch more humid, sort of like the environment around a rainforest. And it smells faintly of mint and anise. It is a life crystal and it fills her with a great, loud and boisterous energy. Chell, I think as a person before this crystal was implanted, was kind of reserved. I think she's somewhere on the autism spectrum as uh, it says that she has a lot of trouble understanding other people and other living things. But infusing herself with the energy of this life crystal, she's filled with this zeal and passion for all of the things around her. And, you know, all of that is amplified by this crystal. So she's very in your face in not a understanding you and not relating to you. <laughs> Specifically in Kovach's case, in his face. Yes, sometimes yes. quite literally. Oh, yeah. I have a hourglass, a thin yellow colored crystal called Goodfellow. Um, it is a, it's a, a, it's quite a slim design and around me there is the, you know when you turn on a T, we turned on an old CRT TV and it had that sort of fizzing crack around it where the stuff mm. It's kind of like that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like there's this a slightly acrid, tinny taste in your mouth. Um, and th- what Goodfellow does, it lets me read thoughts and receive mental signals, almost like a mental antenna. Um, uh, the main thing I've struggled with is making it stop. Um, and a lot of people yeah, get no wonder he's so antisocial. <laughs> it also allows me to read the mood of a chicken, which is good. <laughs> Um, presumably it's terrified of having its neck wrung by Kovac. It's quick. As you guys <laughs> approach Fetuado, you're not the only group, not the, 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 the only group that is going to try and get the foot. Not, sorry, this year. There are several others, and you can see them assembling around you. There are five Zingmeans. Zingameans, like uh, Chelly here, are dark-skinned. They come from Zingama, which is the nation. There are five lands, but only one nation. They are very big. They are very robust in their culture. They are America, okay? They are the U.S. <laughs> of this world. Everyone is buying their jeans and listening to their music, <laughs> um, as they say in civilization. And these five Zingameans are all dressed alike, a purple, green, black, uniform sort of thing. And they all are these lean, fit-looking people huddled together and sneer with obvious contempt at you guys as you sort of like go past them toward Fetuado. I wave at them. Yeah, yeah, Chell (laughs) waves as well. They immediately turn around and start talking amongst each other and saying things like this. <laughs> um, they completely ignore the other groups. They are very obviously only focused on you. The two other groups are thus. First, there are five monks. They are bald-headed men and women in simple area attire. Um, unlike all of the other groups, they are islanders. They are from the islands. Uh, they look very much at home, very much relaxed, and uh, looking around very pleasantly at everyone, nodding slightly. Um, uh, they, they seem peaceful. 
Finally, there are, <laughs> well, there's a young boy, can't be older than 12, sitting in a wheelchair. Behind him, a mother and a father. Imagine the most British you can imagine <laughs> around, around Victorian era stuff. The father has uh, uh, this big hat and a monocle, <laughs> and he has all, all of the facial hair that must, the person in his stature must have. And the woman is the, the mother with this umbrella above her, and she's flaring all fluffy. And, however, there must always be five participants in any um, group, except in our case where we have four players, so that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> The person standing behind the boy is uh, this tall, strangely looking maid. Unclear if it's a man, a woman, or something else, completely in black, fairly little maid costume on them, and, well, suspiciously, suspiciously like a ninja bodyguard. Okay, okay. okay. Yes. So this is, yeah, this is their lethal protector who is dressed passively like a maid, but not really a maid. Got it. Oh, very much so, yes, yes. Knuckles um, covered in scars from the people that they've punched <laughs> to death over the years. Every family must have one. Yeah. Imagine Tim Curry and Hudson Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yes, yes. Um... They are field stadium. They are tall, uh, very pale, probably into knowing stuff. Field stadium tend to um, enjoy the knowledge skills. And also, um, super elitist. Super duper elitist. Um, the, the father um, makes sure that no one approaches because they might, I don't know, I don't know their, their, their breath might touch the the pure prodigy child. Mm-hmm. Um, the mothers make sure that everyone, everything is clean with her handkerchief. Uh, they are the worst. <laughs> so, Fetoado standing on his um, stone dais uh, calls toward everyone to come down and sit, except for you guys, you are supposed to stand. Um, of the four groups before you, and Fetoado explains the rules. As with every year, we will have five ingredients. The more ingredients you get, the better your combo will be. It's unlikely you will get them all. And of course, you will be competing with others. But violence should only be used for self-defense. And he looks at you guys and at the Zygmaians as he says that. And the Zygmaians sort of hide all of their knives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> into, into the clothes. I'm just like, sharpening the edge of my axe with a thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> with a thumbnail. <laughs> sure. Well, um, these are the ingredients. Assemble them in any order you choose, except for one, which I will explain. First, you must have you must have a fresh mandrake. In the fields to the west, farmers have planted some mandrake roots. You must find the freshest one and pull them exactly at midnight to make sure they are the juiciest. There you must also get a slurp snout slime. The slurp snout is a horse-sized creature native to this island with a long elephant-like snout. The eaker it pukes after consuming a banana is fantastically tantalizing. You must gather some. 
unfortunately, the slaps now really hates bananas, requiring you to either chase one down and force feed it, or trick it, or whatever it is that you do. You must also get a spoon. You see, when mixing the gumbo, even the utensils matter. A large mixing spoon made from the rare blood curdle elm. It is the best tool for the task. The cannibals who inhabit the part of the island where the elm grow might prove to be a problem in getting the required spoon. There is also blue salt. Under the eastern sea cliff, there's an ancient undersea cave guarded by Manahawa, the giant magical turtle with four heads. Get some salt. Finally, there are the bridge mushrooms, a special kind of black mushroom that grows on the underside of a bridge, not far away from here. He actually points at the bridge. You can literally see it from here. There's also a 12-meter go deep gorge right under it with a raging river and crocodiles, but uh, because of course there is. Do you have any questions? Where are you from? Are you from here? Where are you from? <laughs> I, I am from Fjordstad. I just wondered um, where it was that you were from. It's fascinating. Do go on. <laughs> he grabs his, his big tummy and goes, oh! Cool. Sorry. Oh, one more thing. Cannibals? Yes, yes. You see, we are on the part of the island where there are no cannibals. But if you go west beyond the mountains, there will be some cannibals. Okay. And, and that means, like, people who eat people or animals that eat their own kind? Yes. <laughs> yes. The islands yes. are full of that stuff, but it's totally fine. We can deal with it. No problem. Wait, wait, wait. So there's just a place on this island where everyone's a cannibal? If I go there, will I become a cannibal? There is only one way to find out. <laughs> it's got to make, like, You're like right. really awkward. We have to go. Guys, we have to go there first. Y yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, like, we could go to the safer places first, just to sort of, like, practice. No, oh, no. Please. You're right. We, we should go. Beaufort, it, it sounds like nowhere is safe on this island. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose. Okay, yeah, sure. Let's go to the Cannibal Mountains. It's probably best to get like the scariest places out of the way first yeah. because no one else is going to go there. Yeah, like eating your vegetables it, first. It seems like the um, five Zinger Mans are talking among themselves. Um, the two, the mother and father, are talking among themselves. The monks just stare at everyone around them as if they are completely sure of what they are going to do. Um, but Fetuado, do continue. The Mandrake will be taken tonight. And tomorrow morning, you will wake up into a new new day. And you will have seven, eight hours to run around the island, get everything you need. And we shall convene here in 24 hours from now. And each of you will create your gumbo in front of me and present it to me. And my fabled tongue will tell which is the best. Are you also, a cannibal? No. Okay, no, so no I, people, no people in the stew. I'm going to write that one down. Fewer people than the number that you wanted to have, okay? Mushroom, mandrake, and sick. So, so we'll have to, so we can't actually start with anything else until we do the mandrake, if I understand correctly? Indeed. <laughs> okay, um, maybe we should just um, 
just I'm really worried about that group of people over there. Maybe we should sort of like scoot off to our quarters and uh, just wait until midnight. Well, at any point, of course, you can just say that you want to maybe know something, look around, whatever. I mean, roll, roll ahead, guys. Roll ahead. I would what, like what? to read the minds of mm -hmm. the group of mm -hmm. villains with knives, because I have mind reading. <laughs> now, yes. I don't know how Savage Worlds works, so I'll need a little bit of guidance there. But aside from that, I'm ready to go. We'll explain. It's very simple, uh, quite straightforward. There's only one thing you should know. When you activate a crystal, generally speaking, there's a light shining from your chest. So it's something that's not entirely inconspicuous. You, you can simply turn around or have Kovach stand in the way or something like yeah, that. Sure. Um, but just so you know. Um, I would like to then, uh, then draw my... Uh, this is in my chest, right? I'd like mm -hmm. to draw my cloak around um, uh, and and try and uh, and and focus on the minds of whoever looks like they're in charge uh, from the group, and then roll some kind of okay. dice. Well, Aviv, how about you explain Savage Worlds? Oh no. <laughs> okay, so. Um... When you want to roll to see if you can do something, uh, you don't roll a single dice like a d20 and add your skill or ability modifier to it. You instead roll a die that is based on your skill or attribute. Okay. Um, so for using your crystal, for example, we have a skill called crystal channeling. Right. That's for crystal heart. It's not in the original Savage Worlds. And you should have a die number that says, what is your crystal channeling die? Which is a D6. D6, perfect. So you roll your D6 and you're trying to get four or higher. However, okay. since we aren't just your regular average characters in a story, we are the heroes of the story. So we get to roll another separate D6 with every single roll that we do called the wild okay. die. And you check the results separately. So you don't add them, but each of these die... Each of these dice separately can um, succeed. Okay. So just go ahead and roll your d6 for crystal channeling and another wild die. And I forget, Aviv, are, are there certain conditions under which dice explode in Savage yes, Worlds? Yes, that is the best thing about Savage Worlds. If you get the highest result on your die, you roll it again. I did. Oh, amazing. You roll it again and you add the result. Does that stack? Do I, do I keep going? Yes. Okay. That stacks, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I got a uh, a ten and a seven. Well, both of them succeed because both of them pass four. Okay. However, for every four that you pass mm -hmm. four by, that's called a raise. Oh, cool. So we'll, you you will use the ten because then you get a raise. It means right. something even better happens. Yes, uh, my raise. I can ask. So I can ask two questions um, of the subject, which you must answer truthfully. Ask me. Ask me your questions. Why don't you like us? <laughs> You get a sort of vibration, emotional sort of vibration mm -hmm. through the air uh, from all five of them. They have nothing against you, Buford. They hate the symbol on your left sleeve. Right. They hate sin and everything that you represent by representing sin. They would love nothing more than to see you humiliated and failing. Uh, and my second question is, what's the first way you're planning to cheat? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's currently the thing they are discussing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very surface 
sort of um, yeah. thought. They are considering asking themselves how to do it, and they will try to disable you in various ways. Uh, okay. Uh, unseen, and probably thanks to the fact that they are all assassins. I mean, that might help. <laughs> <laughs> all five of them are technically assassins. Not a man jack of them can... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they belong to some company, some organization. Uh, the, the details are unclear, but um, they are highly trained assassins, yeah. and they will try to prevent you from succeeding. Yeah. They will also try to succeed themselves. Yeah. So probably only one or two of them will be following you around or waiting for you, ambushing, something like that. Very pinpoint sort of thing, not full on assault. Yeah, assassin is the most common job in Zingama. Oh, yeah. Because of the knife ownership laws <laughs> there. It just makes yeah. it really easy to become an assassin. Every kid grows <laughs> up with two, three knives. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Anything else you want to do, guys? I would like to get a quick sort of oversight of the area around the hotel, uh, which I assume we're staying in, in the resort. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to get a basically from a mechanical point of view, some sort of benefit later on when these guys jump out and try and kill us. I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to look for ambush sites, um, exits, entrances, that sort of thing, and anything which seems obvious. And so excellent. Get somewhere high and have a look around. Each of you guys, tell me something that you want to do in like the next hour or so, and we'll roll for all of these and see what happens. Okay. I'd like to uh, go to the the group of monks. Uh, who are islanders mm. like me, right? Probably from a very different yeah. island to mine. I've never heard of it. Yeah, that was a yeah, bit just racist. A bit. Islanders like yeah. I mean, okay. Um, yes. Um, I would like to uh, just say hello, um, wish them a, a good competition from Sin and from myself, and maybe try to see, are, are they local to this island? We'll so see. I'm going to see that, yeah. Exactly. You will be rolling Persuasion. Grant, you will be rolling Notice. Okay. Oh, minus two on Notice. Ah, that's <laughs> life. Uh, William, what are you going to do? I'm probably going to stride up to the uh, very aristocratic-looking bunch, uh, the young kid in the wheelchair and his parents. Sort of look down and just have that hot sneer on my face of, you know, any resident of Bogovia is going to have for the aristocracy. And then just big, you know, nasal flaring inhales of breath as I sniff them over. <laughs> lean in. Lean in and just decide that, you know, intimidation's the greatest of tactics. Um, just lean in and just, just start mumbling at uh, the father. <laughs> Chicken. Yeah. Uh, William, you will be rolling intimidation, yes. And James, what are you going to do in the next... Uh, Just really briefly before James chips in, can I petition some sort of romance between the lumberjack and the murder nun? <laughs> yes. The murder maid. Just, just, just like the loudest available kissing. I just mm -hmm. want to put that forward. Let's see how many raises you get. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so I have a question. What sort of financial resources do we have? Um, uh, we don't actually use money in Crystal Hearts. Mm. Savage World uses money, but they also have a separate system called wealth, and we're having a separate system called requisition. When, if you impress Sin enough by doing stuff that Sin likes, you get requisition points and you can buy stuff with them. This also works with other people outside of Sin by, basically speaking, providing favors and saying, Sin will do this and this for you. If you want something simple, we'll just assume you have the money to buy. So if you want anything less than, I know, 
a truck, you can probably just have it. Okay, okay. So my request is going to fall. I'm assuming that bananas are native to these islands. Actually, they aren't. <laughs> Great. Oh, that makes my idea even better. Uh, so Chell uh, had the concept of cheating, uh, I think, explained to her by uh, Beaufort uh, on, on the ride over because he was, he was sure that we were going to encounter people who would cheat in this competition. Um, and Chell, being so obsessed with nature, has no concept of that whatsoever. Um, but she's, she wants to, like, and she got explained that the way you cheat is, is you maintain consistent with the rules, but you try to break the spirit of the rules. Um, hmm. And she feels very excited to try this experiment. Uh, her plan is to buy every single banana on the island before the competition begins. Okay, I would like you then to roll streetwise. Mm hmm. If you don't have it, and I'm going to assume you don't. Oh, I do not. <laughs> okay, you can roll anything at a d4 minus 2. Okay, any skill roll I have at a d4 minus any, 2. Any skill you don't have, you can always roll at a d4 minus 2. Um, okay. I mean, good luck getting a 4 with that. But you do have a wild die, and dice do explode. Mm -hmm. So both things can happen. Also, I would like now to remind everyone, you have bennies. You have three bennies, and you will get more whenever Aviv says you get more. And these bennies allow you to re-roll. You spend one and re-roll. And you get and you can take whichever result you prefer. You can take any of the results you get to roll during how many bennies you spend. Okay. Um, Let's start going through everyone. Grant, how much did you get? Uh, before you told me about the bennies, it was a fail. But now I got a six. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> so you spent a benny. Yes, I spent a benny. Okay, sure. Um, it's... It seems like this whole place is very wide open and it's going to be very hard, it seems to you, for assassins to hide anywhere. Everything okay. is very low huts. Um, this place where you stand in, it's a very wide courtyard with this stone dais at the center. Everything, you can see everyone and everything from everywhere. Mm. Um, it seems unlikely that if they are going to ambush you, it will be in the resort. Oh, okay. The foresty area of the... Um, of the island is probably a bit better than that mm. for them. Yeah, okay. That works. That's, it makes a lot more sense as well to, 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 to try and assassinate us in the dangerous place where it could be written off as, a, as mere cannibals or whatever <laughs> exactly. the is. Exactly, yes, yes. Or, you know, just a natural knife in the wilderness. Yeah. You just stumbled into a knife. <laughs> oh, no, not a knife tree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I got a 10 on my persuasion roll. Whoa, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, these guys are not only from here, they are from the Forbidden City. They are a group of, of um, monks, they are part of a group of monks called the monks. They don't really have any other name. They've been guarding the Forbidden City for hundreds of years, trying to prevent people like you. They are very honest. They say it to your face. People like Sin from getting inside. They are in the competition because they want to prevent other people from winning. They just don't want anyone to enter the city. They have also been winning for the past few years. They're really good at this by now. These guys know how to cook an amazing gamble. They know how to get excellent ingredients. And they are honest to a fault. 
I tell you all to your face. Any chance that with the rays, I can maybe start talking some, you know, ingredients, seasoning, flavors, stuff like that, and maybe get some of their knowledge? They give you so much advice that you get a plus <gasps> one to your cooking when Ooh. you're going to all your cooking later on. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Will. Well, how's your intimidation? Uh, terrible. I only score a three on my <laughs> dice roll. Do you want to spend a penny on it? Not at the moment. I'll keep them more for the things that uh, might kill us. <laughs> sure. Um, I probably just marched up and tried to do the intimidation and mosquitoes landed on my arm, slapped it, and given I'm the pale fellow I am already, it's left that horrible white impression on the sunburnt skin of being in the sun for more than 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> The single long tear rolling down the cheek that kind of puts, uh, you know, puts the uh, intimidation to one side. Oh, no. <laughs> um, you do remember to also roll a wild die, right? A, another yes. basics. Okay. Yes. Well, the father approaches you. <laughs> move, move, move away. Move, move, move away. And the mother approaches on the other side. Move, move away from my lovely, cute little boy. Move, move away. And the boy looks at you with open, wide eyes. Oh, mommy. Daddy, is that is that a new friend? And they push him away, and the nanny starts taking the wheelchair away, and goes, oh, from a brilliant young prodigy. Well, he's the best, you know. He's going to win. You know? <laughs> no one is like him, you know. And away with you. He pokes you with the cane. <laughs> the slow look down at the cane. <laughs> he stops poking you with the cane. Um. James. So I rolled, I, I did use a Benny. Um, I, I rolled a four on my D4 and I rolled a six on my D6, or I, I rolled a three on my D6. So I used a Benny to re-roll the D6, uh, which... Well, if you rolled a, D, a four on a D4, it explodes. Yeah, I know, I know, but I wanted to hedge my bets. So I, I used the Benny on the D6 to re-roll that. That did come up a six, but the successive roll after that was a two. I got a second four on my D4, though. And I finished out with a three. Uh, so with a minus two, that comes to a nine. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. But do note, you all both die when you spend the Benny. So you didn't have to spend the Benny. Oops. Oh, well, whatever. You, you, get, you still get the Benny. Your benny you get your Benny back. Don't, no, no worries. With, in my games, everyone should have a lot of Bennies because they're going to spend them. So that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Keep your Benny. But do remind me what you were rolling for because I no longer uh, That was a streetwise check to follow right. through with my <laughs> buckwild plan of buying up every banana on the island. There are no bananas to buy on the island. And do you know why? It's because Fetuado made sure that there are several <laughs> bushels of bananas in a warehouse waiting for tomorrow morning and he's going to hand each of the groups a bushel of bananas. Damn it. You know where the warehouse is. And you probably know how well it's guarded, however. Yeah, the, I think this uh, crosses the line from uh, the sort of cheating that was described to me where you're clever <laughs> about it and you stay within the rules to actual cheating also, where you dispatch some guards to steal bananas. Just so you know, it's getting oh, evening. Oh, actually. Hmm. Oh, hello. Uh, with my nature powers, uh, I, I do have entangle, right? Could I, and I, I, I guess I'll need to ask the other half of this too. Could I use Entangle to uh, mash up the bananas with roots or something? And then the day of the competition, use my healing powers to resurrect a mashed banana. Well, 
this is going a step further than your usual use of the powers, mm -hmm. which means it's, it's doable. It is within the concept of your zine. Both of these ideas are well within the concept of the zine of the crystal. It will cost you a penny to activate each of these powers. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, you can certainly do that if you want. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I think she will definitely do that. She finds the banana warehouse. Um, and I think, oh my gosh, she, she goes up to the guards of the warehouse and she introduces herself and, uh, she has a just overly enthusiastic conversation with the guards about the concept of cannibalism. Oh my God. Um, and I think meanwhile, inside the warehouse, one of the bananas, like the, the bunch is growing a tree out of it. And that tree grows to like slowly encompass the rest of the warehouse and just mush and break all of the bananas around it. So note that your crystal will shine bright green while you are chatting the person. And they oh, it might shine when I talk about cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. So I will fire you to make two rolls. One for crystal channeling and a second to convince them that it's okay and everything is fine with the crystal shining in your chest. Mm -hmm. That would be persuasion. I definitely don't have persuasion. <laughs> Uh, and for, for a moment I didn't imagine you might have so sure and I, I do have uh, the habit of tactless and the quirk of stares uncomfortably into your eyes so does that give me any uh, uh, negatives to persuasion um, I would say no because it has very little to do with persuading them about specifically the, the green glowingness okay uh, so my persuasion is a four that's the result. That's the result, yeah. Oh, excellent. Fine. Sure. I mean, <laughs> I, the, 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 apparently your crystal greens gl glows green whenever you discuss cannibals. I mean, that makes them somewhat wary, I think, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, going forward. But uh, sure, they probably exchange glances, and one of them starts pushing you gently away after a few minutes. <laughs> but... I think um, it takes longer in the put like the pushing has started and has been going on for like longer than it should have for Chell to understand that her presence is no yes, longer welcome yes, here. Yes. By the point by, by the time the second one grabs you by the shoulder, <laughs> maybe then she starts to realize what is happening. Oh, am I going now? <laughs> uh please roll your crystal channing as well with a minus one. Okay. Uh that is going to be a five. Okay, excellent. So you don't know exactly what is going on inside. You sort of went all out, just released some life energy into the bananas, hoping something will happen. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if Chell is aware that bananas don't have uh, seeds in them. Mm -hmm. uh, so they can't grow into trees. Uh, but, but she imagined this is going yeah. on inside. And who, who knows? You can, I, I can only tell you that you hear some... <laughs> Coming from inside, here and there. Um, it's not a very big warehouse. It's the side of a small hut. We'll, let's see what happens tomorrow morning when they open it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll attract yeah. ants. Um, so, yeah. Just, uh, a real quick question, James. Why are you trying to take over the banana population? 
Well, uh, because we need to uh, feed bananas to the slurp snout slime yes, right. creature. I, I thought it was like you were going to throw the peels in front of the assassins or something, but I remember that now. Yes. Okay. Uh, cool. Well, hey, let's let's not count all of our options out yet. We we may very well throw those peels in front of our assassins well, bananas before they've hatched. Yeah, you know what they say: use all the parts of the banana. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. The, um. Yeah, we need to get. Banana-related icker, not the usual axe-in-the-belly kind of icker. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll have a new episode of our Crystal Heart series coming out next Monday. Remember, if you like what you heard here, you can go check out the Crystal Heart Kickstarter by following the link in our show notes or just searching Kickstarter for Crystal Heart. While you're waiting for more of our Crystal Heart adventure, you might want to check out some of the other great shows on the One Shot Network. Like Modifier. Modifier is an interview show hosted by Megan Dornbrock, all about why and how people change games. From the hobbyist to the professional, from house rules to publication, we all have in mind a better way to play. What's yours? You can find Modifier on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Also remember to check out the OneShot Twitch stream for other great nerdy programming. This Thursday, we're going to have a new episode of Total Party Kill with John Patrick Cohen starting up at 7 p.m. Central Time. And this Saturday, Pranks and I are going to be streaming the new Smash Brothers. Be sure to check out all of that over at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.